Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Suspense. Starring tonight, it's the Riley and Kimmy Show. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. And welcome to this episode, number 1,301. It is a Monday, July 10th. If you're listening today, it is uploaded. Right next to me is a person who just loves it being Monday. Hi there. I am your host, Patrick Riley. You know what you are. You're bumbling, stupid, incompetent, and useless. And those are your good points. Hey, yeah, that's that's so true. <laughs> Welcome to the Riley and Kibby Show. They play nothing but rotten junk on that program. That's right. That's us. And you can find out just how rotten we'll be with this episode. Thank you for joining us on a Monday. Actually, we try to turn a rotten day like a Monday into a good thing. Escapism is what we're offering here today. Matter of fact, every single day, tell your friends you found a place that has a, well, a brand new show every day, and it is Nerd Variety Talk. And next to me is a person who loves to talk about nerd things, pop culture things, and just happens to be happy that it is Monday. That is Kimmy. Hello, Kimmy. Hello. How is Monday treating you so far? Now, I know this is like maybe a little early to ask because it, true. well, as we record this, it's truly before the hour of sunrise. So, so far, how is Monday doing for you? Well, it'll be all right. It, well, that's the attitude to have. And yeah. By, yeah, that is the exact attitude to have. Now, the Riley and Kimmy show is going to be out and about throughout this month. And matter of fact, next month and the month after that and going right into 2018 and some things that will be all right, like Kimmy likes to you know, point out. Yes, things that will be all right. Some really cool things, nerd and pop culture events. And if you'd like to, well find out where we will be go to our event page which is available right on our website right now it is updated often so check it out bookmark it come back to it and if you have an upcoming event pop culture event in florida please consider the riley and kimmy show for that event also we will promote your event you can contact us for more information right on our event page and if you have an animal event we have a separate show designed specifically for animals and pets called Animal Special. We're available to, well, promote your animal event, too, and and be right there as well. You can find more information right on our website. And what is our web address, Kimmy? RileyandKimmy.com The Riley and Kimmy Show. Shall we play a game? That is the question for a Monday. Is she alert enough? Does she want to play nerd and pop culture trivia on a Monday? I mean, that is the big question. Kimmy, would you like to play nerd and pop culture trivia today, a Monday, July 10th? Yes, I would. I'm ready. (laughs) 
Hollywood nerd and pop culture trivia on the Riley and Kimmy show, what we've done is jumbled up the timeline. The timeline is not in chronological or linear order. It is all wacky, <laughs> just like I am. It's all over the place. And you can help Kimmy out with this scrambled timeline by shouting out answers to whatever computing device you're listening to the Riley and Kimmy show on. It could be anything because we are mobile. We are global. You can take us anywhere on planet Earth on that smartphone, laptop, desktop, possibly that smartwatch, and any other computing device. So get ready to yell those answers. We believe in time travel answers. You and our future, we believe, can reach Kimmy's ears or maybe her psychic psycho mind and get her an answer. So here we go. Let's make her happy on a Monday. Let's uh, make her in the win category. She gets more of these right than wrong this week. As we do a whole week's worth of uh, trivia here. If she gets more of these right than wrong by Saturday, that'll be the last time in the conclusion she will be getting a collectible of her choice at an upcoming event we will be at, which is the Orlando Collecticon, coming up next Sunday, July 16th. So help her get that collectible. Are you ready, Kimmy? Yes, I'm ready. All right. Welcome back to the studio. You, you stepped out for a second there, but thank you for coming back. I thought you were going to Thanks escape. Thanks for stalling. Well, I thought I thought she was actually leaving and not coming back, but she she didn't do that. She's he's here. She's facing Monday. Kimmy, we're moving into the world of movies, a, I think, favorite category of yours, maybe one of your top two categories. The question we have for you is about a movie that was released on this date in history. We have multiple questions here. See if you can identify the movie by its theme here. Just a brief moment of the theme. See if you can identify the movie. Should be interesting. Can she identify the movie? Kimmy, what is that from? Escape from New York. That is exactly right, Kimmy. Escape from New York is the answer. The movie was released on this date in history. Now, what year did that movie come out? We'll give you a second or two to think about it. Here's the trailer. The entire city is a walled maximum security prison. The bridges are mined. The rivers are patrolled. And the United States police force has everything under control. I'm going in. Escape from New York. The high adventure of the future. One man must go in where no man has ever gotten out. And if he comes back alone, his nightmare has just begun. Who are you? John Carpenter's Escape from New York. Heard you were dead. Escape from New York. The greatest escape of them all is about to blow the future apart. Escape from New York. It premiered on this date in the United States. Now, what year, within five years, did Escape from New York hit theaters, Kimmy? Was it 1987? You almost got it within the five. It was actually a lot earlier than you realized. It was 1981 that that film, directed by John Carpenter, 
you know, it was his big screen thing, you know, after doing Halloween on a low budget, then he had this huge budget to do this film. Now, tell me who the star of Escape from New York. Kurt Russell. Yeah. And who played the president in the United States who he went to rescue? Mm, can't tell you that He one. was in Halloween. Oh, Donald Pleasance. Yes, that's right. You, you got it. You did well. You're on the plus side there. Give me some multiple questions there. We could not throw you at all. I didn't see, I, I made sure the trailer did say who the director was. I thought maybe you couldn't oh, remember. Oh, I knew that. Oh, okay. Well, you, Kimmy actually was in the same airspace a couple of times with uh, John Carpenter you, you, at a certain convention in Orlando. Mm-hmm. So on this date in 1778, in support of the American Revolution, Louis the Sixth, Kimmy, declares war on England. What country is Louis the Sixth king of? France. That's right. The year is 1821. United States troops take possession of Florida. The territory had been sold by this country. What country sold Florida to the United States? Spain. That's right. You're on, See, you're just moving right in that positive side. The year is 1850. This person is sworn into office. He replaces an individual who died in office. The person is Millard Fillmore. Tell me what position he took over. President. That's right. The year is 1890. Wyoming becomes the 44th state in the United States. Let's see if the winning continues with Kimmy. The year is 1900. His master's voice was registered with the United States Patent Office. This would be tied to a logo for a certain company. Can you tell me the name of that company? RCA. That's right. Now, a dog would look into a gramophone machine as part of a logo. Can you tell me the name of that dog? Oh. What is the name of the dog? I have a tie with him on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not Spot. No, it's not Spot. He's right there. Matter of fact, there is... This dog, I have a porcelain piece of him looking right into a gramophone. It's it's right in front of Kibby, actually. I should take a picture of this. Matter of fact, I will. It'll be on our Facebook page later today. Uh, of the the thing you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Not you there in horror. <laughs> you're trying to remember what this is. She, she's horrified here. It's like, I can't remember. Can you tell me the name of the dog? Oh, it's Nipper. Yeah, that's right. It's Nipper. Moving over to something else happening on this date in history, 1910. W.R. Brookens becomes the first person to fly an airplane at an altitude of one mile. And you might say, big deal. But 1910 aircraft, well, they're not that old. And he took it up quite quite high. Mm. Yeah, I mean, way that's high in some of those, you know, that kind of aircraft. The year is 1928. George Eastman first demonstrates color motion pictures. The year is 1938. Howard Hughes completes a 91-hour flight around the world. Mm. The year is 1947. Saab introduces the Model 92 prototype as its first automobile. The year is 1949. The first practical rectangular television was presented. Kimmy, what was the size of the uh, picture tube of the first practical rectangular television? Um, 13 inch. You're close enough. Measured 12 by 16. That's in 1949. They had the round ones for a while mm. you know, prior to that. I think those actually look real cool. Mm-hmm. Although uh, kind of hard to watch on the quality of what I saw, but that was also the, what they were playing. Anyway, it was complicated. 
Kind of like to see that today, though. Maybe modernized. The year is 1951. Sugar Ray Robinson was defeated for only the second time in 133 fights as Randy Turpin took the middleweight crown. The year is 1962. The Telstar communication satellite was launched. The satellite relayed TV and telephone signals between Europe and the United States. The year is 1964. This band releases this song first in the United Kingdom, then it becomes a hit in the United States. See if you can tell me, well, the name of the song first, and then the recording artist. Here is your clue. She looked good. She looked fine. She looked good. She looked fine. And I nearly lost my mind before I knew it. She was walking next to me singing. A staple of oldie stations for years. Can you tell me the name of that song? Uh, no. Can you tell me the recording artist, Kimmy? No, I can't. That's Manfred Mann, who had that as a hit in the United States. And yes, it's sort of, yes, the same that did Blinded by the Light, but it's Manfred Mann. He was part of the band that had his name, and then he would form... Manfred Mann's Earth Band that would record in the 1970s. That song you really like, Blinded by the Light. You love that one, don't you? No. It, the year is 1965. See if you can identify this hit. It was released on this date. Well, actually, we will give you the clue of what the song is. Tell me who the recording artist is. I'm is that otis redding close wilson pickett i can understand why you would have thought it was otis 1965 wilson had that well it was released and then would become a big hit in the midnight hour the year is 1965 the stones score their first united states number one hit what is the single that is number one for the very first time for the rolling stones in 1965 satisfaction i can't get no satisfaction you're right redeeming yourself here Staying in music, Kimmy, giving you a chance to, well, bounce right back into that positive category. The year is 1967. This individual records this song, a single that goes to win four Grammys. So it's an important single in the world of music. Tell me, either the name of the recording artist or the song title, either one. You okay? Mm -hmm. Here is your clue. And then she said, I got some news this morning from Choctaw Ridge. Today, Billy Joe McAllister jumped off the Tallahatchie Bridge. And Papa said to Mama as he passed around the black-eyed peas. 1967, that song was recorded. Tell me either the name of the song or the recording artist. I cannot. All right, it's Bobby Gentry and Ode to Billy Joe. Remember that? Mm. Ode to Billy Joe? You remember mm -hmm. that? Yeah, mm -hmm. okay. All right, four Grammys, that one. The year is 1968. Eric Clapton announces the band that he's part of would break up following a farewell tour. What band is he part of in 1968? Um, the Animals? No, he's part uh, of Cream. Cream. The year is 1971. Kimmy, tell me the name of the band that recorded this and had it as a hit. It was released on this date, 1971. <laughs> 
the year 1971, Liar was released. Who recorded it? I don't know. Here is a bonus clue for you, Kimmy. A Cold Night and Dogs. It's three Dog of, Night? Yeah, that's part of... Part oh. of yeah, that, yeah, Three Dog Night. Uh, that is who recorded that. So you're still in the... Po- well, that's a positive there for you. The year's 1975. Cher files for divorce from this musician just 10 days after the couple had been married. Who is it? Greg Allman. That's right. The year's 1979. Chuck Berry was sentenced to four months in prison for income tax evasion. The year is 1984. Dwight Gooden, Doc of the New York Mets, becomes the youngest player to appear in an All-Star game. That is, as a pitcher, the youngest to appear in an All-Star game as a pitcher. He was 19 years, 7 months, and 24 days old. The year is what we're looking for, Kimmy, that, well, and also the name. This soft drink manufacturer resumed selling its old formula, the original formula, and they renamed it Classic, blank classic. Two-part question, tell us the name of the company coke and give us the year within two years that coca-cola resumed manufacturing classic coke 95 will you give me that answer one more time 95 it was 1985 oh the year is 1985 this person releases this song it would become a chart hit the song is pop life who is the recording artist 1985 prince that's right the year is 1986 jerry garcia lapses into a diabetic coma he was released from hospital a couple of weeks later the year is 1997 scientists in london say dna from a neanderthal skeleton supports a theory that all humanity descended from an african eve about 100,000 to 200,000 years ago. That's only 100,000 apart. Mm. Let's keep that in mind. 2000, Diana Ross announces the Diana Ross and the Supremes Return to Love Tour had been canceled by its producers. In 2000, the David Orgel Jewelry Company in Beverly Hills, California, files a $1.45 million lawsuit, that's $1.45, just under $2 million, against Michael Jackson. The suit was over a diamond-encrusted wristwatch that was returned to the store damaged. The year is 2000. Coldplay releases their debut album, Parachutes. It would win Grammy Award for Best Alternative Album. Celebrity and notable birthdays. It's Tesla's birthday today. Born 1856, died at the age of 86 in 1943. Inventor and has appeared in pop culture, his character has. In the 2006 movie, he appears in The Prestige. Who plays Tesla in The Prestige? David Bowie. That's right. And one of the uh, one of the little trivia notes about him, he never slept more than two hours per night, which had been verified by lab workers over the course of time. On one occasion at his laboratory, Tesla worked for a period of 84 hours without sleep or rest. Mm-hmm. And he loved to play chess and other games and would play sometimes nonstop for 48 hours. Wow. Yeah. And keep in mind, back in like the 20s and 30s, maybe a little earlier, when phones became started to become common, he would call friends at 3 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, 1 o'clock in the morning, and answer or propose a question to them about something complex, solve the answer or find the answer himself as he's awakened them, and then just hang up on him. 
<laughs> that's documented in biographies about him over the course of time. And he was a rival to Thomas Edison. Hmm. Next individual, Kimmy, I have a feeling you... I think we've talked about this person before, and somehow in your television market, you just never saw this person. He had a television show that ran originally from 1951 to 1965, then 71 to 72, then 83 to 90, and there are versions of that that were repeated in markets for kids over the course of time. Now, his name was Don Herbert, born 1917, died 2007 at the age of 89. Do you know the name of his TV show or what he was known as? No. Well, it was Mr. Wizard, and some have compiled over the course of time how Mr. Wizard wasn't exactly that respectful to kids. He wasn't exactly the Mr. Rogers of science to kids. Some say uh, he was kind of harsh, but... I never picked up on that. I loved watching Mr. Wizard. See those two pins, Stacy? Yes. Well, today I'm going to stick them in you. Look at all the paper you wasted. You count that as a fold? That's enough. Okay. Because I already see that it's not random. Don't jump to conclusions. Why isn't no. it random? You, I thought told you to write down random numbers. What do you mean not exactly? Can you well, see it or can't you? Well, you're right, but for the wrong reason. Sounds logical, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, that's wrong. Wrong. It's wrong? Wrong. Wrong. That's right. Not right. That's how I was wrong? That's how you were wrong. What did he say? He said, he's incapable of making a mistake, therefore I must be wrong. M-I-S-S. You don't have to say anything. The computer is saying them for you. Okay. Try not to hit the table. Try instead to hit that little thing, okay? You're seeing a beam of light. No, you're seeing the little pieces of dust. Well, you call them fingers. I'll call them propellers. You have to make the hole bigger than that, obviously. Haven't you ever seen a sliced banana before? You can't blow up a baby's nursing nipple? Well, you have one of those inside your head. I do? Yeah, it's called a brain. Come on, Eugene. Come on. Turn it over here like that and pull it straight up. No confidence in the science at all. You don't seem to have a great deal of confidence. But it might come back and hit my face. There, it's popped off. Oh, wow. Wow, hit you right on the head, too. There you go. Hot wax drop on your finger? Yeah. Well, hold it straight up, then it won't do that. And I must say, I don't think it looks any better than mine. Okay, wait till I'm through with you. You'll be sorry you said what you said. Before you leave today, your head's going to be on that platter. Yeah, uh, that's Don Herbert, also known as Mr. Wizard, who I watched as a child. Uh, Loved him. Hmm. And it's kind of fun watching the uh, old shows that are available online. I'm amazed sometimes. I, I wonder if there was outtakes and stuff where they, actually they caused problems because there's some of those, they're not wearing safety goggles and stuff, the ones that are way back. Mm. And they're, 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 they're playing with things. I'm surprised that you know some kids didn't end up hurting themselves you know, trying to copy and that at home. But uh, obviously Mr. Wizard was also an influence on the character that uh, Bob Newhart plays on The Big Bang Theory. Just a little bit, I'm, I'm sure. Back to trivia, Kimmy. Identify this person, born 1920, died 2003 at the age of 82. He was an American newscaster for NBC and ABC, a career that lasted from 1943 to 1997. From 1956 through 1970, he co-anchored NBC's top-rated nightly news program. Here is your audio clue. Tell me who it is. In a small town, when the main industry is closed down for two months, the economic effects are severe. Here's Richard Hunt in Beckley, West Virginia. And from Washington, thank you and good night for all of us at NBC News. Can you identify who that is? He used to be teamed up way before your time with somebody by the name of uh, 
Huntley. Can you tell me his name? Hmm. He's iconic in the world of news and broadcasting. Dan Rather? No, that's David Brinkley. David Brinkley. Yes, David Brinkley. And he was teamed up, you know, with uh, Chet Huntley, with the Huntley and Brinkley report, and then would do anchoring stuff himself and be part of newscast forever, especially the political uh, area he was uh, an expert in or somebody they went to quite often. He wrote three books, including a critically acclaimed 1988 bestseller called Washington Goes to War about how World War II transformed the nation's capital. I recommend that book. It's an easy read. A journalist, a, a newscaster, an anchor that I had the, the fortune to work with a long time ago in Orlando. He was part of the, the old days, the original days of television broadcasting. Recommended that book. He was a friend of Brinkley's and the book is extremely good. And hmm. if you can find it like on Amazon or wherever, it is worth picking up. Next person born on this date, 1926, died 1993 at the age of 66. Tell me who the mystery birthday person is. You have a brief audio clue. I've always wanted a ham radio set. And now that I've got one, I'm going to listen in on distress signals and notify the authorities and prevent disasters and noble things like that. Who is the mystery birthday person? Fred Gwynn. That's right. And what was the character there he was playing? Herman Munster. Yeah, from the Munsters. Bonus points if you can tell me the TV show he was part of before the Munsters. Me um, TV does run this on occasion. Car 54? That's right. Car 54, where are you? And, and who would play Grandpa? Al Lewis does have a supporting role on Car 54. So you get to see them kind of working together before the Munsters. Back to birthdays. Arthur Ashe, born in the state 1943, died 1993 at the age of 49. He was the first African-American inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame. He had won 33 career titles. See if you can identify this birthday person, Kimmy. Tell me the TV show he is known for. Here is your audio clue before we identify who he is. Tell me the name of this show that he was part of from 1975 to 1982. I think Kimmy can identify it. Let's just see. What is the name of the show? Is that Barney Miller? That is Barney Miller. Uh, he played one of the detectives on the show. He played Detective Ron Harris on the show. He, he was the well-dressed individual. I think, if I remember correctly, his character wanted to be an author uh, or, or write uh, screenplays or things like that. Can you tell me who the actor is who played that? And matter of fact, he's appeared in other things, too, like Firefly and Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He had a really cool uh, appearance as a surgeon. Can you tell me who he is? Mm, no. It's Ron Glass, who was born on this date and died 2016 at the age of 71. Impossible music trivia time for you, Kimmy. Mm -hmm. This makes up for anything you missed. If you can even get one of, well, if you can get this right, if you can tell me who this recording artist is who's having a birthday, he might have the record as having the longest song recorded, a single, perhaps, not sure. It's one that radio stations used to dread because people would request it and it would not be played because of its length, for one thing. Song, 18 minutes, 34 seconds in its original recorded version. 
tell me who had this as a hit. We are not playing 18 minutes and 34 seconds of this original version. We're playing just a few seconds. Tell me who this is. You can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. You can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. Walk right in this around the back. Just a half a mile from the railroad track You can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant can you identify who had Alice's Restaurant? Well, I don't want to say hit necessarily, but released it. Tom Waite. Interesting. It was Arlo Guthrie who had that, having a birthday today. He is 70. Staying in music, Kimmy, identify who this birthday person is. Here's your audio clue. <laughs> is the birthday person greg ken that's correct how old is he within five years oh 62 Ooh, almost got it 68 today by the way he's not just a musician singer he is also an author he has written four horror fiction novels in 2013 he released rubber soul a murder mystery novel featuring the beatles hmm. tell me what this person is famous for Andre Dawson, having a birthday today. He is 63. Baseball player. That's right. You got that right. Part of the Expos and Cubs and 1987 National League MVP. You got that right. He was born in Miami, Florida, by the way. Tell me who this birthday person is, known as being a television personality and singer, first singer, then television personality and spokesperson. Tell me how old the person is once you identify them. They did a cover of a big 60s song. It was part of a movie she was in. These boots are made for walking. That's just what they'll do. One of these days, these boots are going to walk all over you. Uh, she's having a birthday today. Who is that? Uh, Jessica Simpson. Yes, that's right. Jessica Simpson. Now, these boots... Was a hit for whom before? Nancy Sinatra? Yes. And do you know what movie used Jessica Simpson's version? Dukes of, of Hazzard? Yes, that's correct. How old is she today within five years? Sounds like she's trying to sound like Brittany there. Yes. Um, little dig there. I'm just saying. Well, maybe the studio mixed it that way. Who knows? 45. Jessica Simpson today celebrating her 37th birthday. I see. It is Notable Deaths today, 1963, John Sutton, actor. He was in Of Human Bondage, dies of a heart attack at the age of 54. Identify who this notable is, who passed away in 1989 at the age of 81. An American voice actor, also appeared on camera, known for cartoon voices. Just a quick few here. Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Porky Pig, Sylvester the Cat. Can you tell me who it is? Mel Blanc. Yes. Passed away on this date, 1989. 2015, Omar Sharif passed away, an actor known for many films. He was in Dr. Zhivago, also Lawrence of Arabia. He died at the age of 90. Kimmy, I think you did a, well, a decent job with today's trivia. 
Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, what do you think? Should we tally it up here? Was this a win or was this? It's a couple I should have gotten. But is it a win mm-hmm. or a loss? Which way, I'd Kimmy? I'd say it's a win. Uh, let's ask the studio judges. Uh, it looks like, yeah, win, win, no. Oh, well, you get it, though. Two out of three. Yeah. Yeah, you're lucky there. All three fur kids voting for you. Well, one of them didn't. One of them's protesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know which one. Yeah, yeah, protesting. Well, you did a good job. Let's see how you do tomorrow or the next time with Nerd and Pop Culture Trivia. Right now, we're going to focus on something that we talked about with, well, trivia with the golden age of radio. Radio was So Riley and Kimmy show. And we mentioned Mel Blanc passed away on this date in 1989 at the age of 81. Mel Blanc was part of the golden age of radio. That's right. Uh, part of the Jack Benny show for a long period of time, radio and television. And actually went off on his own on radio, which is a well seldom heard program. He did quite a few episodes. Actually, uh, it should have been a lot longer than it was. Unfortunately, he and Stan Freeberg these didn't have long reigns of uh, radio work on their own, that is. Stan Freeberg more because of censors that he was in a fight with. No blank, unknown reason why the shows only went for about a year, a little bit more than that. We have an example of Mel Blank's work. He is the focus. The show is called The Mel Blank Show. We have... Two episodes. The first one's called The Art Critic from 1947, followed by Trial Separation from 1947. These are back-to-back uninterrupted. I think you'll find the commercials in them rather interesting, too. I love the jingles, uh, the singing jingles and stuff for certain toothpaste products and things like that. They're really fun. And this is all escapism for a Monday. So let's go back in time and honor Mel Blanc with the very first one here, the very first episode we have, 1947's The Art Critic. Here's Mel Blank on The Riley and Kimmy Show. From Hollywood, Colgate Tooth Powder presents The Mel Blank Show, written by Mac Benoff with Mary Jane Croft, Joe Hans Conrad, Alan Reed, Earl Ross, the sportsman, Victor Miller and his orchestra, and starring the creator of the voice of Bugs Bunny. What's up, Jack? (laughs) Yes, Colgate Tooth Powder, for a breath that's sweet and teeth that sparkle, brings you the Mel Blanc Show, with Mel playing his new character, Zookie. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi. And starring himself in person, Mel Blake. Hi, folks. Ugga, ugga, boo, ugga, boo, boo, ugga. A cloak of gloom shrouds the nation tonight as men with heavy hearts sit down to the task of making out their income tax. High and low, they search for possible deductions to lessen the burden of payment. In New York, Bill Lenahan, short story writer, says... Well, I've certainly used his typewriter a lot. I'll deduct for a new typewriter. And in Los Angeles, Tom Bassett, prominent butcher, says... Well, I've certainly used this scale a lot. I'll deduct for a new scale. And in the little town where Mel Blank lives, Mel Blank, fix-it shop proprietor, says... Well, I've certainly used this chair a lot. I'll deduct for a new pair of pants. <laughs> after a while, Mel's girlfriend, Betty Colby, came into the fix-it shop... and after watching Mel work on his tax form a while, said... 
Mel, are you sure you know what you're doing? Of course, Betty. You just follow the instructions. You get together everything you made the past year. All your salary. Well, then what? You put it in an envelope and send it to the government. <laughs> That's all? That's the first quarter. You do that for three more quarters, and then you wait. For what? For a letter saying you haven't sent enough. <laughs> Gosh, how am I going to raise enough money to pay my income tax? Oh, just think, Mel, if we were married, how well off you'd be. You could claim me as a deduction. And if we had two or three children, you wouldn't have to pay anything at all. Betty, please. I've only got four days. There isn't time for that. <laughs> well, you've been working on your income tax for two days. Just how much do you owe the government? Seven dollars. <laughs> Uh-oh, here comes Professor Pochnik, a piano teacher. Maybe I can borrow it from him. Hello, Betty. Hello, Mel. Hello, Professor. What's the matter, Professor? You sound angry. Oh, I just got through giving your neighbor, little Michael, his piano lesson. Mm. He is playing on a beautiful Steinway. But when he plays it, it sounds like a Frankensteinway. Uh, do you get much money from your pupils, Professor? Money? Who needs money? I give the grocer's little boy lessons, I take it out in groceries. I give the barber's little girl lessons, I take it out in haircuts. I give lessons to the undertaker's little boy. Yeah? Uh, let him owe me the money. <laughs> Besides, Mel, money isn't everything. The main thing in life is to have friends. Believe me, that's all that counts. Just have friends. Of course, if your friends have money, that's even better. <laughs> and I suppose it's no use to ask you to loan me some money for my income tax. You could practice on me, but it's no use. <laughs> Believe me, Mel, I would give you the shirt off my back, but I am so broke, I'm wearing my shorts. Higher. <laughs> Gosh, I've got to get that money some way. Oh, hello, everybody. Hello, hello Mr. Colby. Well, Mel, what are you looking so unhappy about? Oh, I haven't got the money to pay my income tax, Mr. Colby. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> they may even send you to jail. <laughs> you might even get ten years. Take it so hard, Mr. Colby. Oh, uh, Father, there was a notice about delinquent tax returns. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. It came to you. <laughs> what are we laughing about? Uh. If I don't pay this tax, I'm in serious trouble. Well, maybe I can help you, ma'am. I brought these two modern paintings down to be cleaned. This one's called Man Leaving Hospital. Very valuable. This one here, Lady in the Balcony, is worthless. If you sell it, you can keep half the money. Sell it and I can keep half the money? Oh, take it, Mel. That's almost 50%. <laughs> okay, Mr. Colby. Then it's a deal. Remember, don't sell the valuable one. Well, come on, Betty. I need some help at the supermarket. So long, Mel. Bye, Betty. Uh, thanks for your help, Mr. Colby. Bye. Gosh, Professor... Mr. Colby sure is nice letting me sell this painting. I don't know. Lady in the balcony. Who's going to buy it? Dr. IQ? <laughs> uh, well, I sure could use some money. Uh-oh. Here comes Banker Grimes. Say, let's try to sell it to him. Oh, uh, hello, Banker Grimes. Hello, Mel. Uh, Banker Grimes, you know Professor Pochnick, don't you? How do you do, Professor? Uh, Mr. Grimes, you came just in time to see me buy this beautiful painting from Mel Black. Well, I'm quite an art connoisseur myself. Let me see it. What a bargain. An oil painting for $20. Oh, it's so dusty, it's hard to see it. Are you sure it's oil? 
genuine chemtone. <laughs> yeah, three coats. Well, I'll take it with me, Mel. Just a second, just a second. It looks pretty good to me. You don't mind, Mel. I'd like to make a bid on it. $25. Sold. 30 Professor Potchnik. Leave it to me. I said 30 Well, I'll say 35 40 45 50 Let him have it. <laughs> Sold for 45 Take it, Banker Grimes. Well, is it all right with you, Professor Potchnik? Why, sure, Banker Grimes. For ten years I've been waiting to give it to you. <laughs> now you've got it. <laughs> Here's the painting. Here's the money, Mel. Thank you. <laughs> and goodbye. <laughs> oh, that's the first time anybody ever put something over on Baker Grimes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll start to clean this painting. Gosh, sure dirty. <laughs> Professor. Huh? What was the name of the worthless painting we were supposed to sell? Lady in the Balcony. Why? I got news for us. The lady is still in the balcony. <laughs> I guess she's seen the picture twice. <laughs> you mean I gave him the valuable painting, man leaving for hospital? Yes, man leaving the hospital. And when Colby finds out, you know what'll happen to me? What? Man entering hospital. <laughs> Sparkle and dazzle, a breath that's fresh and sweet? Then try Colgate Tooth Powder, for the new all-purpose Colgate Tooth Powder cleans your teeth and sweetens your breath. Yes, this new of all-purpose tooth powder produces an amazingly rich active foam that's marvelously effective. Every time you brush your teeth with this new all-purpose Colgate Tooth Powder, your whole mouth feels clean, sweet, fresh. Your teeth regain their natural sparkle. It's been proved in seven cases out of ten that Colgate tooth powder instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. And as for cleaning, you can depend on Colgate tooth powder revealing the natural brilliance of your teeth. Yes, Colgate tooth powder, the new all-purpose tooth powder, does everything you can expect or ask of a dentifrice. Try Colgate tooth powder today for teeth that sparkle and a breath that's sweet. Use Colgate tooth powder. Now, the sportsman, Victor Miller, and the orchestra take us south of the border to Managua, Nicaragua. Babaloo, Babaloo, pack your grip, take a trip, down that South America way. Cause Managua, Nicaragua is a beautiful town. You buy a hacienda for a few pesos down. Give it to the lady you were trying to win But her papa doesn't let you come in Managua, Nicaragua is a heavenly place yeah. You ask a senorita for a little embrace mm-hmm. She answers you, caramba, scramba, bambarito In Managua, Nicaragua, that's no I have been to many tropic ports I might include even Brooklyn if you're ever feeling out of sorts, I'd like to recommend a look in Managua, Nicaragua. What a wonderful spot. 
There's coffee and bananas and a temperature hot. So take a trip and on a ship go sailing away across the Agua to Managua, Nicaragua. Ole! Buy a big sombrero in the neighborhood shop. And then the girls will follow you like in a parade. That's because they want to walk in the shade. Managua, Nicaragua, what a wonderful spot. There's coffee and bananas and a temperature hot. So take a trip and on the ship go flying away. Across the Agua to Nicaragua. Managua, Nicaragua. Mel Blank. Mr. Colby left two paintings at Mel's fix-it shop to be cleaned and told Mel he could make himself some money by selling the worthless one. However, by shrewd maneuvering, Mel managed to get the whole thing balled up and sold the valuable one to Banker Grimes. Now, while wondering how he's going to get it back, more trouble enters Mel's shop in the person of Hartley Benson, the town Beau Brummel. Hello, Hartley. What do you hear? The usual thing, Mel, old boy. Hartley, you're wonderful. Hartley, you're adorable. In fact, Mel, I'm so handsome, I'm holding myself for ransom. <laughs> Please, Hartley, cut it out. I'm having so much trouble, it's like a nightmare. Well, speaking of that, I had the most wonderful dream last night. I dreamt I was on a romantic tropical desert island. Palm trees swaying and soft moonlight breezes caressing the warm sand. Oh, what a dream! Yes, yes, go on Who was with you? Just me <laughs> Could you ask for anything more? Gosh, Hartley, how can one man love himself so much? Well, frankly, Mel, the job is getting to be too big for me <laughs> So I'm putting on more women you must think every woman is crazy about you. Well, form your own conclusion, Mel. But last year, 50,000 women sent away to McCall's for a life-size patron of me. Now, listen here, Hartley. <laughs> and furthermore, Mr. Colby told me to tell you that if you don't get his valuable painting back by tonight, he'll break every bone in your body. And that rearrangement will certainly be... An... <laughs> oh, get out. So long, Mel. Nice seeing me. What a character. <laughs> Train seal. Sounds like he can't get his motor started. There he goes. Probably got a date with a girl. Nah. He's going to have a better time going out with himself. <laughs> if I don't get that painting back, why, he'll have even a better time than that. He'll be going to my funeral. Oh, it's my lodge president, Mr. Cushing. Hello, Mel. I'm Ugaboo, Ugaboo, Greetings, mighty potentate. Ugaboo, Ugaboo, Boo, Ugga. Well, mighty potentate, how's every old thing? Mel, if you mean my wife, she's fine. <laughs> Got a new thing now. Goes to bed with a mud pack on her face. 
Tell you, Mel, it's like sleeping next to a swamp. <laughs> All night long, I jump up yelling, Chloe! <laughs> but it's no use. Spike Jones has Chloe, and I'm stuck with Schmoe. <laughs> She looks funny, huh? Uh, the other night she poked up her nose through that mud. You know, I could have sworn it was a gopher. Then <laughs> she, she, she leaned over and kissed me. You know something, Mel? What? I wish it weren't a gopher. <laughs> Last night at 3 a.m., she woke me up. And she said, I hear burglars downstairs. Do something. They may come up here and kidnap me. Gosh, what did you do? I never slept so well in all my life. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I slept so late, my wife had to make her own breakfast. First time our milkman ever got a look at her. Really? Yeah. Now we have to buy our own cow. <laughs> Mighty potentator, are you still doing the housework? Uh, don't you have any help? Well, I'll tell you, Mel. My wife did hire a butler last week. All day long, she kept shouting, John, do this, John, do that, John, do this. Tell you, couldn't stand it. Why? I'm John. <laughs> but I don't know why I'm telling you all this. It's just that I've got no one to talk You don't like your wife very much, do you, mighty potentate? Well, <laughs> last night she forgot to put the telephone receiver back on the hook. So she said, oh, John, will you hang me up? God, what a temptation. <laughs> You think you've got troubles, Marty Potentate. I've got to get back a valuable painting of Mr. Colby's that I sold to Banker Grimes by mistake. Well, why don't you and Mr. Colby go over to Banker Grimes' house, you pretend you're a Viennese art critic, and tell him the painting's terrible, and that way get it back. Say, that's a great idea. Well, good luck, Mel. i got to be going now. Oh, where are you going, Marty Potentate? Well, I can do one of two things. I can go to the movies and see The Yearling... Or I can go home and see the moose I'm married. <laughs> so long, Mel. I'm on the moon. I'm on the water. Well, I had to listen to all his troubles, but at least he gave me a good idea. Now to get dressed up like an art critic. First, I better send Zuki over to tell Mr. Colby about this. Hey, Zuki! Zuki! Well, Zuki, it sounds like Mel had a very good idea. What do you think? Oh, I think it's a great, 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 I think it's a great, sensation, sensation. You can't meet me. What's he going to do? Oh, it's all right, Zuki. I know. Oh, and I'd better get down to Banker Grimes' house and meet Mel. Uh, so long, Zuki. They'll both get killed tonight. 
it's certainly very nice of you, Mr. Colby, to have such a famous art critic go out of his way to come to my house. Oh, believe me, Banker Grimes, it cost me nothing. I mean, it's nothing at all. I mean, uh, oh, that must be him now. Uh, ah, good evening, Mr. Colby. <laughs> Good evening. Oh, uh, Mr. Grimes, I want you to meet, uh, uh... Dr. Otto von Otto. Otto von Otto? That's a peculiar name. It's the same backwards and forwards. Yeah, my family comes from a long line of Studebakers. <laughs> uh, how, how do you do, Banker Grimes? I am the greatest art critic in all Vienna. Uh, if you'll pardon me for blowing Otto's horn. <laughs> <laughs> Come right in, Dr. Otto. Oh, please, call me by my first name. Come right in, Otto. <laughs> well, thank you. How are things in Vienna? Oh, how I miss Vienna. The Eiffel Tower. Eiffel Tower? The Eiffel Tower's in Paris. Hmm. Uh, the Kremlin. <laughs> Kremlin's in Moscow. Hmm. Where is Eastern Columbia? Oh. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Otto, don't you think you should look at some of Banker Grimes' valuable paintings? No, we got plenty of time. Uh, uh, here's one of a 16th century knight lying on the battlefield with every bone broken in his body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, let's look at the paintings. Yeah, yeah, right now. You know, Banker Grimes, in Vienna, when I am judging a painting, if it's fair, I give it one brush stroke. If it's good, I give two. Better, three strokes. Excellent. Four strokes. Well, here's a painting I bought today. What do you think of it? Twenty lashes. <laughs> However, I happen to have a calendar, and I need a picture for it, so I give you a dollar for it. What? I don't know. First, I'd like to get the opinion of another art critic. I've invited him over, and he should be here any minute. Mm, how are you missing Vienna again? I think I... Just a moment. That must be the critic now. Dr. Von Otto, I want you to meet the superintendent of the Centerville Art Museum. It is a great pleasure to meet with you. It is a great pleasure to meet with you, Herr Dr. Von Otto. <laughs> it is? Uh, by the way, what is your name? Überhalter, ist das nicht ein Schnitzelbank? Is das nicht ein Schnitzelbank? Ja, das ist ein Schnitzelbank. Schnitzelbank, Schnitzelbank. Oh, oh, China, oh, China. I would like you to look at this painting that I bought today. Just a second. Why should he look at it? I want to compare his judgment with yours. After all, he is a superintendent of an art museum. I refuse to be compared with a janitor. <laughs> a janitor? But there's something wrong here. Herr Dr. von Otto, I studied at the Art Academy of Pilsenburg. Where was you studying? Maybe in NYU? <laughs> and why not? <laughs> As a matter of fact, I studied in UCLA. Oh, that's an American college. The University of California in Los Angeles. <laughs> no, no, it isn't. It's Unjeklickenlocken uh, Aachen all you got to do is... I mean, oh, uh, what you got to do... Hellboy! Well, 
so long, Mr. Colby. Vienna is calling. Oh, you big kaboom. <laughs> I'm going to break every oon you're breaking in your lock and lock. <laughs> Gosh, Betty, I sure made a mess of things today. Well, Mel, I'm sure Father will be able to talk Banker Grimes into returning the painting, but how are you going to pay your income tax? Well, I've got four days more to get my money, and if I don't, I'll, I'll just follow the instructions on this treasury form. On the treasury form? Yeah, look what it says. Return this income tax blank. <laughs> <laughs> Colgate Tooth Powder presents the Mel Blanc Show, ripped by Mac Benoff with Mary Jane Croft, Joe Kearns, Hans Conried, Jill Walker, Victor Miller and his orchestra, and starring the creator of the voice of Bugs Bunny. What's up, Jack? Yes, Colgate Tooth Powder for a breath that's sweet and teeth that sparkle brings you the Mel Blanc Show with Mel playing his new character, Zookie. Hello, everybody. B- b- hello, everybody. Uh, b- uh, uh. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> And starring himself in person, Mel Blank. Hi, folks. Ugga, ugga, boo, ugga, boo, boo, ugga. Teeth that sparkle and dazzle, a breath that's fresh and sweet, then try Colgate Tooth Powder. For the new all-purpose Colgate Tooth Powder cleans your teeth and sweetens your breath. Yes, this new all-purpose tooth powder produces an amazingly rich, active foam that's marvelously effective. Every time you brush your teeth with this new all-purpose Colgate Tooth Powder, your whole mouth feels clean, sweet, fresh. Your teeth regain their natural sparkle. It's been proved in seven cases out of ten... That Colgate tooth powder instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. And as for cleaning, you can depend on Colgate tooth powder revealing the natural brilliance of your teeth. Yes, Colgate tooth powder, the new all-purpose tooth powder, does everything you can expect or ask of a dentifrice. Try Colgate tooth powder today for teeth that sparkle and a breath that's sweet. Use Colgate tooth powder. is a month of warm afternoons and cool evenings. And in Mel Blanc's little town, when the chilly breezes of night blow through Crotona Park, young lovers draw closer together. In one part of the park, we hear Barbara Bevan saying to her boyfriend, Oh, Peter, it's getting chilly. I could use a man's strong arm around my shoulder. I get it. There. And Johanna White says to her boyfriend, Tom, it's getting chilly. I could use a man's strong arm around my shoulder. I get it. There. And in another secluded spot where Mel Blank has been sitting with his girl, Betty Colby, Betty says... Oh, Mel, it's getting chilly. I could use a man's strong arm around my shoulder. I get it, Betty. I'll stop the next guy who walks past. (laughs) (laughs) Look at those lovebirds up in the trees. Don't they give you an idea? They sure do, Betty. (laughs) (laughs) Come closer and I'll rub your beak. We have been sitting here for three hours, and you haven't even tried to kiss me. Haven't you got any red blood? 
Well, Betty, do you want a kiss or a transfusion? <laughs> well, this makes up my mind. We've been going together for five years, but I see it's just useless. We're through. Through? Well, you can't mean it, Betty. That's not fair. After all those movies, those sodas, those nightclubs, those presents, Betty, you can't let me go. You've got too much money invested in me. Well, you try to find someone else. It's over. We're through. Oh, Betty, you can't mean it. Think of all the wonderful times we've had together. I refuse to think about it. <laughs> Remember when we first met in a skating rink? I didn't know how to skate, but I wanted to show off in front of you. So I skated hours on end. <laughs> yes, I remember. Betty, if you leave me, I'll kill myself. I'll, I'll go to Los Angeles and stand in the safety zone. <laughs> oh, Mel, let's, let's be modern about this whole thing. We'll have a trial separation. A trial separation? Yes, we'll go out with other people for a whole week. And if we still love each other, at the end of the week, we'll get together again. But, Betty... It's no use, Mel. I've made up my mind. Goodbye. Well, goodbye, Betty. Gosh, this changes my entire life. Seven days without Betty. Every day a different girl. One night a blonde, one night a brunette, one night a redhead. This is terrible. I'm liable to like it. <laughs> A trial separation. Hmm. Betty probably thinks I can't get another girl. I'll show her. I'll call the first name in my address book. Annabelle. Oh, that's a real high-class girl. Call her. Hello? Joe's Fish Market? Uh, let me have the mackerel department, please. Yeah, I want to speak to Annabelle. Oh, she's cleaning a flounder? Well, I'll wait. Ah, oh, that Annabelle. Oh, hello, Annabelle. Uh, this is Mel. Mel Blank. Say, you want to go out with me tonight? No? Why not? Oh, you see enough fish during the day. <laughs> huh. Well, I'll try someone else. Oh, here comes Betty's father. I wonder how he's going to take this. Hello, Mr. Colby. Oh, hello, Mel. I just heard from Betty about your separation. It's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> news. <laughs> you may never see her again. <laughs> Please, Mr. Colby, don't take it so hard. Don't take it so hard, he says. Well, I always say it may take him a few years, but a woman always knows when she's chosen an idiot. Well, you have to give your wife a lot of credit, Mr. Colby. She stuck to you anyway. Why? <laughs> well, I'm glad Betty left you. You haven't got a nickel to your name. Well, it's a good thing I haven't. How would it sound? Mel Blank Nickel. Blank or a nickel. Please, Mr. Colby, won't you help me out with Betty? Why should I? You're always embarrassing me. The last time I took the mayor to a restaurant, you wanted to be sophisticated, and what did you do? Well, I ordered the entire meal in French. Boy, was that waiter surprised. Sure was. It was a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> now that it's all over between you and Betty, Mel, I... Well, I must admit, I've never really disliked you, no matter how many times I kicked you down the steps. Oh, Mr. Colby, no matter how many times you kicked me, I always had a soft spot for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, goodbye, Mel. Goodbye, Mr. Colby. Gosh, this is a terrible thing, being without Betty. I don't even feel like calling another girl. I can't stand this trial separation anymore. I know what I'll do. 
I'll send my assistant Zuki over to see Betty. Maybe he'll be able to bring us together. Oh, Zuki! Zuki! Zuki. Hello, Betty. Uh, thanks. <laughs> Gee, Betty. Uh, that's a, a, a nice dress you're wearing. Oh. Well, it's just something I threw together. Well, uh, next time you're pitching, let me catch. <laughs> Why, Zuki, I never thought you even noticed me. Well, uh, it's just that you're so intelligent. You're so high class. You're so refined. <laughs> How come I'm acting this way toward you? Well, it's spring, and you're a man, and I'm a woman. <laughs> Is that approved by good housekeeping? Dougie, <laughs> where did you learn all about love? Well, I, re- I read it in the book. I went to ski. I read the encyclopedia. I made a scientific study. I, uh, I sit in the balcony at the Paramount. Oh, and, and, but Betty, I'm forgetting what I came here for. Zuki, if you came here to talk for Mel, it's no use. We're not seeing each other for all week. And during that time, I'm going out with other men. <laughs> the fine thing. Hey, how, how, how dare you uh, do that to Mel? You're the brat. You, you got your in the knitting. You want to be a serious? Uh, you're double crooked. Uh. <laughs> what are you doing tonight, babe? <laughs> How do you like that? Even Zuki double-crosses me. I'll never get Betty back. How do you like that girl? Going out with a dope like Zuki. Why doesn't she want to go out with me? I'm just as big a dope as he is. (laughs) Well, there must be some way. Oh, gee, here comes that conceited Bo Brummel, Hartley Benson. He's always boasting about his technique with women. Say, maybe he can tell me how to get Betty back. Hello, Hartley. Uh, is it drizzling out? No, Mel, it's merely the tears of thousands of women crying because they can't get great, big, adorable me. <laughs> In fact, Mel, old boy, I'm such a darling elf, I could put out the lights and hug myself. You must think there's nobody like you. Mel, that is not only my opinion. Last night I went to a nightclub. One girl wore nothing but doves, and another wore nothing but fans, but all eyes were upon me. What were you wearing? My full dress bubble. (laughs) But I had to leave immediately. Why? The girls kept throwing lighted cigarettes. (laughs) Hartley, you must think you're terrific with the women. Mel, old boy, do you know what the 14-day palm olive plan does for women? Yeah? Well, I do it in 12 days. (laughs) Hartley, what kind of a line do you give the women? Well, when I first meet a woman, I take her hand in mine and I say to her, My dear, has anyone ever told you how beautiful I am? (laughs) Hartley... Betty and I have separated for a while, and I'd like to go out with other girls. Do you have any phone numbers? Mel, I've got so many phone numbers, information dials me. (laughs) Here is my address book. 
Gee, that's the biggest address book I've ever seen. That is only volume one, Alice to Bertha. <laughs> Let us see. Uh, Betsy, outdoor type, lots of trouble getting her indoors, but it's worth it. <laughs> Babe won't kiss strangers, but she knows everybody. <laughs> Say, Hartley, can I have a few of those numbers? Wait a minute, Mel. Here's the number of the most beautiful and glamorous creature in the whole world. Gee, I'll call that number right away. Won't do you any good, Mel. I'm not home. <laughs> so you see, Mel, with all the rounds I make, I'm the last thing a woman puts out of her house at night. So is a garbage pail. <laughs> oh, Mel, you aggravate me. In fact, I'm so aggra I could bait. <laughs> Well, it gives me great pleasure to inform you that I am going out with Betty tonight myself. So goodbye, you buffoon. I leave you with this thought. I'm such a bundle of bliss, I could give myself a great big kiss. <laughs> so long, Mel. Nice seeing me. Ah, 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 ah. What a character. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Sounds like a duck caught in a concrete mixer. <laughs> so Hartley's going out with Betty. For Betty, that's like having filet mignon and champagne. But I'll get her yet. Sooner or later, she's got to come back to Ham Hocks and 7-Up. <laughs> After you brush your teeth, do they feel like polished pearl? And is your breath sweet and fresh? If you want these thrilling results, try Colgate Tooth Powder, the all-purpose tooth powder. Its lively, pleasant-tasting foam dances through your mouth, bustles about while it cleans and sweetens. In seven cases out of ten, it's been proved that Colgate Tooth Powder instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. And no other dentifrice cleans your teeth better than Colgate Tooth Powder. It reveals natural brilliance, true luster... So for teeth that sparkle and a breath that's sweet, use Colgate Tooth Powder, the all-purpose tooth powder. Use Colgate Tooth Powder. Now, Victor Miller and his orchestra and that popular new tune, I Believe.
back to Mel Blank. Mel and Betty have agreed to a trial separation in which they're both supposed to go out with other people. Betty seems to be doing fine, but going through his phone numbers, Mel isn't having much luck. Here's a typical example. He's calling Frida Fleischacker. Hello, Miss Fleischacker? Uh, how about going out with me tonight? Well, you can't? You're going to the Olympic Arena? Well, well who are you going with? Oh, well, nobody? Oh, you're wrestling tonight. <laughs> and so Mel plotted through his book. And now he's up to the last name, Anna Zimzow. Hello, Anna. How about going out with me tonight? Oh, you can't make it? Well, why not? Oh, you're wrestling Frida Flyshacker. <laughs> Gee, what am I going to do? Oh, here comes my lodge president, Mr. Cushing. Maybe he can help me. Hello, Brother Zebra. Greetings, mighty potentate. Ugga, ugga, boo, ugga, boo, boo, ugga. Uh, Mr. Cushing, how's the light of your life? Light of my life? Mel, if you're speaking to my wife, I wish somebody'd blow out that fuse. <laughs> She's got a new thing now, Mel. Every night before she goes to bed, she takes a milk bath. I tell you, Mel, it's like sleeping next to Elsie the cow. <laughs> Last night, she kissed me. You want to know something, Mel? Yeah. I wish it were Elsie the cow. <laughs> Mel, when I first married that girl, she looked like a budding rose. And now? A spreading cactus. <laughs> this morning, she came down to breakfast without any makeup on. What a face. She took one look at the pancakes, and they turned over by themselves. <laughs> well, mighty potentate, if your wife is so ugly, why don't you use some beauty creams? Mel, she does. She's been putting on ten different kinds of face creams every night before she goes to sleep. Well, how's it been working out? Okay, but all night long, she keeps sliding out of bed. <laughs> I took her fishing yesterday, Mel. We were out in the boat, and she kept giving me orders. She said, John, row a little more. John, get ready to cast. John, put that fat old worm on the hook. Dad, what a temptation. Well, I've got troubles, too. Looks like Betty and I aren't going to get married. And I was planning on such a beautiful ceremony. Well, Mel, instead of being sad, you should be happy. A wedding is just a funeral where you can smell your own flower. <laughs> well, maybe you're right. But I'm so lonely. If I could only meet some other girls. Why, Mel, that's simple. Why don't you go up to the Get Acquainted Club on 8th and May? <laughs> yeah. That Get Acquainted Club is a good idea. Ah, but the girls won't look at me. I'm too plain. Well, go with someone else, Mel. A romantic gay caballero. Uh, wrench yourself a Spanish costume. You'll have the girls at your feet. Say, that's wonderful. Well, I'm glad I helped you, Mel. I gotta be going now. Oh. Well, where are you going, mighty potentate? Well, Mel, I can do one of two things. I can go to the movies and see the egg and I, or I can go home and look at the old turkey I married. <laughs> oh, Mel. That mighty potentate always helps me out. Now to rent a Spanish costume and go down to the Get Acquainted Club. 
I think it was very silly of you to drag me to this get-acquainted club. This trial separation is beginning to teach me one thing. I'll never find anyone to replace Mel Blank. Well, you would if you could wait another week. What do you mean? The circus is coming to town. <laughs> Say, look at that dashing Spaniard coming to us. <laughs> well, you know, he's looking at you, Betty. I wonder what he's thinking. Betty Colby and her father. She must be here looking for a man. Well, I'll teach them both a lesson. It's a good thing I wore the Spanish costume. Ah, senor and senorita. Oh, greetings, senor. My name is Senor Colby, and this is my daughter, Betty. As we say in Spanish, saludos, amigos. <laughs> and as we say in Spanish, chili con carne. <laughs> chili con carne? Well, that's a hot Spanish dish. Senor, that ain't no cold cut you got with you. <laughs> To the fair senorita, I say, buenas noxious. And to the good senor, I say, obnoxious. Uh, who are you? I come from a famous Spanish family. Perhaps you have heard of my 17 brothers, Don Roberto, Don Jose, Don Lopez, Don... Just a moment. What's your name? Sam. Sam! <laughs> See, when I was born, my mother didn't give it, Don. <laughs> Tell me, what do you do in South America? I am a taxi driver, sort of a yellow caballero. <laughs> ah, my beautiful senorita, I am a Latin lover. I kiss you right now. Just a moment, I'm here. You wait your turn. First, I kiss you. <laughs> My daughter is running around with an idiot named Mel Blank. And uh, while I don't want to seem presumptuous, um, would you be interested in marriage? See, si, see. Si. First, I ask my wife. <laughs> Why? See, si, I used to have two. One of them is dead. She was doing the rumba and she bumped herself off. <laughs> and uh, you have another wife? See, si, and 20 muchachos. There's the little one, Cucaracha. He crawls all over the place. There's the stupid one, Adobe. And the twins, Hussie and Enda. How come they're all named after houses? Every time I look around, there's a new project. <laughs> now I am a little worried. You are? Why? Last night when I came home, my wife was reading another blueprint. <laughs> this any longer. Even if you're staying, I'm going. I've learned my lesson. Goodbye. Oh, Mr. Colby, I am so sorry oh, to... cut the phony accent, Mel. What? What? Yes, I knew it was you all the time. Well, Mr. Colby, wh why didn't you say something? Well, frankly, Mel, after seeing some of these modern Romeos that are here tonight, I'll take an old-fashioned jerk like you anytime. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Colby. I'm sure your wife felt the same way about you. Why do you... <laughs> Well, folks, now it's a week later. Everything ended happily. Mel has learned a lot more, and here we are with our young lovers back in the park again. This time, Barbara Bevan is saying to her boyfriend, Oh, Peter, let's be like those two birds in the tree. All right, here's a kiss. And Johanna White says to her boyfriend, oh, Tom, let's be like those two birds in the tree. All right, here's a kiss. 
And Betty Colby says to the new romantic Mel Blanc, Oh, Mel, let's be like those two birds in the tree. Okay, Betty. Open your mouth and I'll feed you a worm. <laughs> If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y. And Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y, dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals, too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.